0: Welcome to part two of Iconography Maya. If you haven't listened to part one, hop on out of here and head on over to that. Now on with the show. The, the, the original. Welcome to The Original Doll Iconography. I am your host, James Rodriguez. On The Original Doll, I unpackage music with the people who create it, and at the same time, we give back to charity. So for every question a guest answers, we get items donated to those in need, including domestic abuse survivors, homeless LGBT plus teens, and more. For more information, go to Instagram, the.original.doll. A big shout-out to my Patreon supporters. Thank you so much for your support. And if this is your first time listening to Iconography, The Original Doll... Welcome returners. Welcome back. And as with every episode of the original doll, any audio recording ripping stealing is strictly prohibited in every country in the world. So if you see any audio snippets leaked, please report it to the webmaster. Now today, we are honoring somebody who many of you have messaged me about. And we are doing a track by track of her iconic debut. I'm gonna get right to this, but once again, thank you so much, and don't forget follow me on your preferred streaming platform. As many of you know, I'm an independent podcaster, so any sort of support helps. To join me in my community, go to TheOriginalDoll.com. Now, on with the show. My name is James Rodriguez. This is the Original Doll, Iconography.
1: Cause i's gonna make you, he's gonna make you, we, we gonna make you, we gonna make you. We make move you're up in mother We make move you're up in mother We make dance We make move you're up in mother Up next we have we're
0: gonna make you dance which was track seven tim from england james mate you mentioned maya and talked about how she's great at everything she tries can you please ask her about how this song came to be heart and dancing makes sense this is a bop this is a bop this is a bop maya is like janet jackson and alia giving us good vocals visuals and dance moves like a goddess how important was it for maya to add dance and incorporate it into her music videos and live performances. That is Tim oh, from England.
2: It was everything. Love the compliment. Um, I was a dance teacher for years, and I knew my students were watching me. I was literally still teaching dance while I was recording this first album, and um, I knew that that component was amazing for young people I was one of the captains of my dance team in high school and it was just a part of life in addition to music and I wanted to once again be that artist that had this all-encompassing presentation so dance was definitely necessary as much as possible it didn't have to be on everything obviously the ballads don't call for dancing but when it Mm -hmm. did just another element of entertainment that I so loved and resonated with when I would go to the theater or the Broadway plays. And um, We Go Make You Dance, I specifically recorded tap dance onto the track. So those are my feet, those are my sounds, those are my um, syncopations. And that's why I wanted to be, wanted it to be the first video so that I could offer something a little different in entertainment. But um love dance, still dance to this day. And I hope that people thought the same in the music videos that offered that component. It's just another extension of art and expression.
0: Well, and I think that's the other thing that's good is that you created art and music where we have the sonics and then we have the visuals. So it could make you fall in love with the song even more, like the storytelling aspect that's being there. And I think you being innately like a natural dancer, natural mover, that even when it's not quote-unquote like choreographed dance, the way you move on stage, you move with purpose. Every single turn or step you take, there's a reason why there's no wasted step. And that is that golden age of Hollywood, the storytelling. Walk with purpose. If you're going to take a moment to breathe, what's the purpose for that? And I think you've been able to nail that from the beginning. And I think you're so incorporated with, it's kind of fun because people are like, she's the queen she's the queen the princess of R and b she's the queen the princess of dance she's the queen the Princess of Pop like everyone's what they've connected to you is different and that just shows the diversity of what you've been able to do in your career that it isn't this one trick pony there's Maya on stage just singing pretty and looking great that it's the movements like my love is like whoa is vastly different than case of the X which is vastly different than even the cover of like free Fall and like all of these. Songs gave us something different. And once again, it was like, here's the playground. Come on, play.
2: <laughs> Have fun. That's what art is, you know? Uh, playground, wish- plethora of experiences and presentations. And hopefully, someone can relate and find themselves inside of that. And-
0: We have track eight, If You Were Mine, which charted Australia in the R&B Soul iTunes charts in 2021. Low from Thailand. Mr. James, talk to Maya and say she sings best ballad songs ever. Her song, If You Were Mine, is my favorite song since I Will Always Love You, Whitney Houston. Is it nervous to sing and be vulnerable? How does she do it? <laughs>
2: In the studio, I mentioned earlier, yes, it was a little harder to sing and be vulnerable. Also not having the life experience under my belt at the time and trying to pull this emotion that wasn't necessarily there fully. It was imaginative. But now as a woman that has lived and had experiences, oh, there's so much to pull from and the delivery is like night and day. So Mm -hmm. I love music, first of all, as Therapy for myself, but that place of release and that place of expression, now that I have something to express fully, uh, before it was sort of um, just sort of jumping into character, but now it's owning it. Uh, where I do have to be alone so that I can let those emotions flow. And sometimes I'm in tears in the studio. Sometimes I'm like yelling on the microphone. Sometimes, and those are songs that are unreleased or released. And um, it is that for me now, which is what music is supposed to be. So this young teen girl stepping onto the mic back then was more so intimidated on the process and the eyes and what it was supposed to be versus just being free and allowing it to just be in its purest form. And now it can be that because it's literally coming from the depths of my soul and the difference can be heard in my independent projects or even my later projects mood ring compared to the very first album. And plus, vocally, you know, your voice changes as you get older. I sounded like Disney and Nic- Nic- Nickelodeon. <laughs> <laughs> and then, everything was so high. And I'm literally more so an alto versus soprano. But mm-hmm. the song choices were always higher because of my age. But that's not necessarily where my register is. So everything sounds so young when I'm listening. So that wasn't even mastered you know, or taken into consideration back then. And I'm just noticing all of these quirky things as an adult and the different choices that I would have made vocally, being that I know that I'm more of an alto versus first soprano. But everything was programmed and arranged in the first soprano range. So I um, yeah, make different creative and musical choices now so that my vocals can shine accordingly yeah and i have somewhere to go
0: <laughs> mhm <laughs>
2: so it's, it's, it's sort of, nice of being constantly at
0: 10 10 10 10 10 yeah. you're like, oh, right. that it was like uh your song sex machine I think that was like the most fun I've heard you have from beginning to end, all the way through, like vocally, because it was just to me, like whether it was as Gregory Hines, James Brown, there's something that you have where you tell the story and you're like, oh, I'm feeling it. Where where it's not,
1: it's, it's not pocket. like I'm.
2: Yes, yes. The pocket as a dancer, hitting it right in the pocket. You know that rhythm, that syncopation. Michael Jackson had that. Prince definitely had that, and that's the dancer in them. That's the musician in them. And rhythm has always been my thing. But then it's R and B, it's soul, it's funk. I grew up in a living room full of funk records, (laughs) Mm -hmm. so that's my language. You know, the '70s funk is everything, and so that's a part of what my dad used to do as well. He would have musicians over. James Brown, Stevie Wonder, Rick James cover. I mean, you're getting the soul. You're getting the R&B. You're getting the funk. And um, that's how I grew up, listening to all those records, but also live musicians playing it. So that's definitely something that um, I was familiar with when I was cutting that song. And I lived in that space. so good.
0: Naturally. Well, and the thing that was amazing is, for me, like, I love Sly and the Family Stone. And I think part of... My love of like, let's say Janet Jackson, was that influence. So then, when I went back through your discography, like taking me over all these songs, Sex Machine, where it's like it's so off center and it's so fun and unexpected. And I think <laughs> and pop,
1: yeah. And
0: and the thing is, it's like, but it it's just about having fun on the the microphone, like vocally. And I think as i've listened to your your albums throughout the years it's like there's there's of course growth as just being you know a human being but also i feel like there's it's like this not caged bird you're just like let me try this out if it doesn't work it doesn't work but let me just try this out and i think we as fans and loves of your music i think it's fun for us to get yet another chapter where you're just some, like what's like, tell me, call me my name, like all these things. You're just like these are fun. These are fun songs. No, they don't all have to be like you know fun, fun. But like to hear your voice, where it's like you've grown into this singer. I think that you've always were supposed to be. If that makes sense, like just having. Fun it's still
1: on growing. It.
2: <laughs> yeah, with the best yet to come. Can't wait to share. I, oh, so excited about it.
0: Mm-hmm. See, and this is why I think when we go back to like this album, you we have like two more songs left to to talk about. But when we go back to this album, it's like looking at your discography and seeing those those times in your life. Like even behind me, like you know, take me there. You have oh, by the way, the move and on cover. Where everyone is like, where is that from? I was like, I don't know. It was oh, yeah. the cover ghetto
1: art. Uh, oh, that was a photo
2: shoot.
0: Get yeah, the photo the photo shoot. But yeah, the ghetto superstar, yeah. And Bullworth,
1: mm-hmm.
0: R- Rugrats, uh, Silk the Shocker, all the like you can't really see, but they're but they're there. Uh, okay. and with the stickers that are like platinum, 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 because Maya does that. But what I've loved is the choices that you've made, I'm always like, wait, what? And then I'm always like, wait, what? <laughs> wait, what? <laughs> because wait, what? <laughs> it's, because the thing is, I think I was so, as a consumer of music, been told this is the formula that people abide by, right. and you've not been the one to go this route, right? And every time, it always surprises me in like the best way possible because I'm like, damn, she did it again, and it keeps <laughs> me on my toes, literally and figuratively, Whoa. and it's it's just fun to go back through this but now as we're like going to the last couple songs in here the amount of love that your discography has had for the entirety i had i interviewed um tracy hale and that episode with her is going to be coming out about case of the x and she she was like tell maya (laughs) she's my favorite human being she's a phenomenal singer she goes but she's always just been an amazing phenomenal human being and i think that that's the best compliment you can give somebody because it's outside of just studio. You know what I mean? We know yes, you're a great absolutely. singer.
2: Especially in this business. hmm Sure. Um yeah. Tracy's my girl. <laughs> we have some good times in Atlanta. Yeah.
0: The the listeners, that the episode with Tracy Hale will be out because we talk about everything from her B2K stuff to case of the X to and everything. And it for me It was just so fun because she was like, no holds barred. She's like, that was about my baby daddy. This was about this time. Just like she was talking (laughs) to all these things and I'm like,
1: Mm -hmm.
0: she's like, when you write about your life, you write about your life and it just becomes easy. And uh, she goes, but I I have to change some of those things to protect myself from a loss too. And I was like, fair.
2: (laughs) Oh, and when you write about your life, you're also writing about other people's lives too. And you don't even know it. Hopping out for a quick
0: second, if this is your first time listening to the original doll with James Rodriguez iconography, check out my interviews with the producers songwriters who've worked with Janet Jackson, Rihanna and so many other greats, go to the go to Spotify or Apple podcast, and you'll find it there. And join me on Patreon, the Now back to the show.
1: All up in a booty like tissue. Could it be her so vicious? Make you so suspicious. I've been known to beat them bitches with the switches. If you wanna roll with them sises, you can't roll with me, so I'm gonna your cookie show these pussies on your rookie. Sleep while your homeboy book me. Is you mad cause I'm tookin' got you shookin'?
0: But we have rewinding back, talking about uh collaborations, by the way. Nump track nine and track nine of twelve. Bye Bye featuring Missy Misdemeanor Elliot, a phenomenal human being that I'm excited is getting the props. Mm-hmm. You knew about Missy. You got to see firsthand.
2: Huge fan prior what? to my record deal. <laughs> Huge fan. And she always brought the dance and the arts and the fashion and that that production to her music videos and performances. So I loved it. Absolutely admire her to this day. Yes. She's getting her flowers. Yes.
0: (laughs) Love this. We have Colin from Ireland. James, please let Maya know her music I hold so close to me. She introduced me to R&B as a kid and her voice is unlike anything I had ever heard. I was very overweight and I would watch her music videos and try to recreate the dances. I lost weight and dance and became part of an exercise. So I just Mm -hmm. want to say thank you because of Maya. I am happy and healthy today. Thank you for what you do.
2: Oh, that's beautiful. Oh, what was his name? Colin. Colin. Thank you for sharing, Colin. That's amazing. And congratulations. Well...
0: this is, this is the part that I love that you, without even knowing it, this this kid, let's say, in Ireland was just like, I want to watch that and do it. And it ends up turning into exercise that that changes his trajectory just by you being you on TV, you know what I mean? Like that's in the most basic sense. And I think that that to me is, once again, another part of the iconography that is you, that you've been able to motivate and help heal people. I think you're phenomenal.
2: I've been Man. a little spark, but they did the work and they made S- the change.
0: <laughs> See, Life Coach Maya right here. I love this. The <laughs> other, the one of the other compliments we got about Bye Bye was uh, Jesse from Chile. Original J- Dal James, can you ask songstress Maya about collaborating with Missy on her debut album? Was yeah. she nervous working with her? And Maya is one of the few women who have consistently worked with other women. Why? Mm-hmm. I th- and I think that okay. means that in a good way, because it's like, you don't see that. You've always been a powerhouse woman brigade. Da, 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 da,
1: da. Mr. Mina here. <laughs>
2: I'm going to answer the first question, but I I may forget the second one. So remind me if I do. First question, I was not nervous at all. I was a huge fan of Missy. I was super excited more than anything else and ecstatic to the fact that she said yes. You know, I did not have a single out. Daryl Pearson was the connect because he used to work a lot with Timberland, Missy, and Virginia Beach, working with Jodeci, um, Genuine, Aaliyah, et cetera. So he was a big producer on this project. Moving on, Hey, what You Say, Bye-Bye, Moving On, and probably some more songs that I'm not mentioning. And he coordinated that. Of course, the label then has to step in. But I was not nervous and I didn't officially work with Missy in the studio. She was elsewhere. She's a busy lady uh, until Lady Marmalade, of course. So I had a third album as well. We were not in the studio for that, for the song Step. But hey, when you're dealing with a busy, established, in-demand artists, <laughs> Sometimes you have to work virtually or in other states or countries, but it still happens. So I was more excited than anything. Okay. Second question. Hey, women are amazing. Women are so hot and fly and just, they have a lot to say. We have a lot to say. I think when women team up and work together, there's this powerhouse synergy of interpretation how to convey the same message, but in different ways, especially when you're dealing with different genres or just personalities in general. There's another way that someone else will deliver the same message. So I love that synergy. I love the fusion of genres and I love my girls. So it's hard to get through life without your girlfriends, you know? And I think that's important for me to stay uh, just incorporating in my art, And songwriting and my life, of course, because your girls are your everything and they help you, will nurse you back to health, check you when you need to be checked. (laughs) The the real ones will be so honest with you. And I just love that. I love that celebration, of course. And you don't feel alone when they're there cheering you on or um, maybe adding to whatever it is that you're doing and helping and shining light on the voice of women. So without getting too serious, like women are everything. So to collaborate with them has always been a dream and it still is. And there have always been loopholes as far as like budget is concerned, because female artists are just very expensive as they should be. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And sometimes the label will say no, uh, but I'll also reach out directly the artist and uh, the synergy is usually there. And uh, I mean, Tank as well as Spice, you know, those are direct reach outs. And it's always been very impactful when ladies get together and fun you can have the conversations that you can't necessarily have or the outings that you can have mm-hmm. or you can't have with with certain men or male artists in this safe space so i love collaborating with the ladies for a lot of reasons and those are just a few
0: see i i love that and the other thing is and what I've loved is for as long as, as I followed you with the interviews and everything, especially in the past 10 plus years, during interviews, you talk about, you know, when you're an independent artist or you're, you know, doing it on your own, sure, you may want this rapper or this person. <laughs> if they're signed to a, a big label, that big label may say, well, Maya, if you want this artist, you're going to pay us X, Y. There's all these like little things that could happen. And I think there's the politics aside from it, and I think what's amazing is you being able to reach out to artists that you like and just go, "Hey, can we make this work?" Some may say I'm in a contract that says I just can't work on another label or some something as you know mm-hmm. contractually as that. But I think what I loved, and I think the game changer for me and for our generation was that Lady Marmalade. I think that that really showed women a- at the height sharing a song. And putting this thing out there, and I remember, I was like, oof, what, the the gay boy in me jumped out. I was like, this is going to be a pride (laughs) for the next hundred years. This is gay liberation. Pride, yeah,
2: for the next (laughs) hundred years. That's one of those songs. Come on. Halloween.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah.
0: The amount of times that, like, I remember when that was released, I was like, oh, my God, I can't wait for live performance. And everyone's like, is there going to be live performances or not? Because you're all touring, doing your own stuff. And then it was like, oh, there is. And then there's another one. Now everyone's like, can we have an annual Lady Marmalade reunion, please?
1: Anniversary? <laughs> yeah,
0: <laughs> I know. So everyone, bother everyone that's involved in it. Just say, let's get some anniversary Lady Marmalade. Let's let's get some live performances. Hopping out for a quick second. So when you purchase the digital deluxe of Maya, the debut, or when you stream it, what song resonates with you today? And what was the song that resonated with you 25 years ago? And then let me know. You can go to theoriginaldoll.com. You could scroll down to the comment section, throw it in there, or send me a DM on Instagram, the.original.doll, or Twitter at James Rodriguez. And let me know what song resonates with you today. And is it different than 25 years ago? I love learning about this. And if you have any questions for future guests, you could send it that way as well. As we're coming close to the to the end of this, I want to get to these last couple of songs because you still have so many people that, that love what you did early on. And those were fans that were like, your album's in and you're still giving music that people are excited about, that people love. And it's a testament of, of course, your talent, but also the hard work this is not an easy industry to be in and you've been able to do it and allow us fans and loves of your music to be a part of it that I never felt like you were like, no, you all, this is not for you. This is not for you. Like it wasn't, I think sometimes we know how the world can be just evil in general. And you've always been that shining bright light, that positivity throughout all these 25 years. And so the common thing amongst all this is that you've been this joy for so many people. And every time you're out, every time you're on stage, every time you release something, people get excited all over again. It's like they're falling in love with you new every time. And I just wanted to let you know that that's a huge part of the love that people have that, they're forever excited for you because of what you've given to us, what you've allowed us to receive and be a part of. So just thank you for that.
2: Mm-hmm. Well, I appreciate that. And the supporters always keep me going. You know, there's this exchange of energy and ideas. So I am very excited to to give the best of Maya uh, one day soon. <laughs> yes, <laughs> because yes. it's done, it's mixed, it's mastered, it's paid for <sighs> It's incredible so I'm just waiting in the wings for all the components to be placed um, in the right places and serve you all with legacy and something that is so powerful
0: Anytime You Want Me, we have I from Japan. Mr. James, can you ask Maya, uh, when she makes songs like Anytime You Want Me, we fans turn empowered. She sings, you want me, tell me. And in music, she says, you act out a line, you're gone. She says, you can make a mistake, but learn from it. How important is it for Maya to keep those themes in her music empowering us and to tell us how we should talk to people about being treated?
2: Oh. Well, I mean, Anytime You Want Me is a very fun song, but it's also a woman telling a man to be vocal. I can't read your mind, so speak. A closed mouth doesn't get fed in a very, very nice manner, you know, in an inviting manner. Still keeping my feminine energy, but being just as assertive lyrically. So there's a way to do that. And you keep all of those components in mind. So it's not like, come here, boy, <laughs> <laughs> until we get to lady marmalade of course Mm
1: -hmm. so so, i mean
2: i'm a teenage girl at the time there are thoughts like that 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 matter when we're going into the songwriting aspect how do i want to come across and getting my point across but it's literally telling a man to man up if you want me i can't read your mind i need to see some action you can speak it but then follow through (laughs) so that was the basis behind the concept of that song, but obviously I'm inviting it. So I must I must like him enough to tell mm-hmm. him to be vocal. But it's also saying, hey, I'm not going to pursue you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I like to be pursued. In a nutshell, it's saying a lot of things as a young girl. So uh, what was the second question you asked?
0: Oh, it was, are there, how do you decide or how do you keep making sure that you keep those themes in there? Mm-hmm. Because part of it is, to your point, you set expectations. Yes. follow through with your actions
1: mm-hmm.
0: how do you make sure that is that just innately who you are well, that that's why it's always popping up
2: in songwriting sessions i'm very specific about phrases now more than ever before and it's been like that especially when i became the executive producer of a project what do i want to say how do i want to say it how is it different from the other song and it needs to be different and each one needs to have a concept different than the other or an extension of oh a chronological order of events for example we talked about moving on earlier but I'm in the studio literally as like a 16 17 year old girl thinking well after you move on then what oh he's gonna come back oh he didn't think you were serious you mentioned bye-bye with Missy that was the follow-up to moving on because of course they come back when they know they're in the wrong, you call them out. I'm moving on. I'm telling you what I'm about to do. And I'm also having that conversation with myself, but you have to stay on your ground. No, it's really bye-bye. Missy come on in and tell this guy for me that, no, I'm not going back. Like that's my sister on the track. Or that's that aunt that's saying, uh, uh-uh, she has backup. Bye. She means it. She's moved on. And there's no returning. So there's that thought of how the album will be arranged, like a story, like a journey, but also the follow-up. So that at the end, it's more of an experience. And that's how I approach it now. And that's just speaking of my first album, but I'm very strategic in every lyric. Um, Those that might be offended by something, is that something I want to put out in the universe? Do I really mean it with conviction? Is that my truth? And so I'm very anal. A lot of people call me anal when I'm in the studio, dissecting words or even songs that have been sent in. I'm like, I would never say it like that or I I would never say that. So we're going to change that because it can be more intelligent. It can be more clever or it can just be more me, etc. Um, How would I say that or how would this character that I need to play to get out of the situation that I'm currently not because I'm broken hearted right now and I don't like that bitch, you know, say it <laughs> so that I can become who I need to be. Sometimes it's a character speaking for me that I eventually become in my real life or on that song, because that's who I need to be for myself to save myself. So there's so many different processes of songwritings for so many different reasons, but it's usually the truth that I am or the truth that I want to become.
1: Really?
0: See, <laughs> but this is, this is what I love because I think this is giving us insight into... The creative, the studio, mile. Like we might not ever hear that song. That was sent you. You're like, well, I wouldn't say any of that in the first place. Like that, we wouldn't (laughs) hear any of those things. But I think that's why it's been so cohesive because you've maintained yourself in this. That even when you get songs from the outside, that you still find a way to make it yourself, where it comes across genuine. And I think, I think that's the genius in you. But I also think that that's the power in you. That I'm not. I'm not going to sing a song like that. Like I'm not gonna. That's that's. I'm not going to do it. That the the fans, the family is not going to buy what you're selling. The moment you're just like singing some stuff to like, what was that about? You know what I mean? Like it doesn't make any sense. There have been
2: songs, you know. There have mm-hmm. been songs that I just sung because I was comfortable with it because it had nothing to do with the project. It had everything to do with the film that represented the character in the film or the actual story. So this is not about you, Maya. This is about. The film or that scene so i'll step outside of myself as well when it has nothing to do with my project or like a tv series where it's specific to a specific arc in the story you know and i'll cater it to that um you know there's not ego and being a control freak involved in a lot of other things but when it is about uh maya on the actual cover of the single or album I have to perform that song mm. thousands of times for the rest of my life. So I better become the name's
0: favorite. on there. <laughs> if, yeah, I was about to say the name's on there.
2: And you know, I've even changed some of the lyrics around for like, like singles mm-hmm. and um, like catered it to who I was or a specific event. You could do that. Why? And then. Um, create new renditions and go back in time and pull from like 70s or 80s music and mm-hmm. arrange it with a mashup. That's so fun and creative because literally decades before I was even born, people were talking about the same topics, but sang it differently. And some of those are hit records. I'm like, oh, this would mesh well with Moving On or this would mesh well with All About Me. Let's fuse it together. That's a creative playground with me and anything kind of goes as long as I like it because <laughs> I have to sing it
1: you know you're like i don't like that fun and
2: interesting it takes people on this this i don't know this wave you're riding a wave Mm mm-hmm
0: Don't be afraid, which in 2022 went to number 38 on the R&B Soul iTunes charts in Germany. And we have a question from Eric in Germany, James Rodriguez. Don't be afraid, my favorite song from Maya of all time. I went to see a show with her, met a guy who liked her as well. We became husbands because of Maya. I met my soulmate. Can you just say thank you and just say I like the song? So because that's from of Eric and Germany
2: spirits you became husbands maybe I was a little connect but that's it um hi thank you for sharing that's a, bu- a beautiful sentimental uh cherishing moment I hope yes. that you guys stay together forever don't be afraid is a very sensual song I remember driving up to this beautiful beach house in New Jersey where we cut that song Myron and Alex, the producers that I worked with initially in Philadelphia on If You Were Mine, Baby It's Yours, Anytime You Want Me. We recorded that particular song in like New Jersey somewhere, probably near Atlantic City, but I do remember this cottage and this loft and this beautiful beach, but the, the vibes are so sensual. I've always wanted to do something to that live or even a visual. So maybe I will, <laughs> even though it's a part of my old catalog. But a lot of guys really love that song. And a couple of women have said, have said to me, um, that song got me in trouble. I conceived my first child <laughs> of oh, that song.
0: This was... This I don't was, know whether it's congratulations to be baby music. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> this... The amount of times it's like the baby-making song. I was like, I don't know if I right. should tell her that. I'm like,
2: <laughs> yeah, it's, it's one of those. So I really love that song. It's exotic.
0: Hopping out for a quick second. Many people say, James, how can I support my favorite artists, songwriters, producers? It's very simple. Purchase when that album comes out, whether it's the physical. Purchase it when it first comes out. Buy the digital album. Then you can also stream it on whatever preferred uh, streaming platform you utilize. I always tell people, but go directly to the official channels for all of these artists. Instead of sharing somebody's uploaded uh, video of one of Maya's songs through Twitter, Share the official link from her YouTube page that helps the algorithm. And many people say, James, how do we support you? You've been supporting all these artists, so many of these great women in the arts. You can just join me on Patreon. Go to theoriginaldoll.com. Doing so, you're able to help keep The Original Doll with James Rodriguez going with so many great guests coming up very soon. Now back to the show.
1: One touch from you.
0: So we're coming to the end of the album. My first night with you, baby Aww. face, Diane Warren. <laughs> and it went to number nine on the rhythmic airplay charts, number 12 on the hot R and B hip hop, single sales, number 13 on the dance, single sales. And in 2019, it charted in Japan on the R and B soul iTunes charts. We have two parts to this. One was drew from Bangkok. He uh-huh. said, James, you talked to Britney Spears and our guy from Jive about covers on debut albums. Can you ask Maya why she chose the song? It is the best song ever. I still play it today and tell my friends. It was a song I fell in love to. First song I ever connected in my life because of you, Maya. Thank you. So
2: oh, beautiful. Well, I also did not want to cut that song because um, I found out that it was actually On someone else's album, Mm -hmm. (laughs) and they uh, just—they convinced me to finally do it. It it was not something that I resonated with, but also something I did not want to record. But because a lot of women or girls at the time were experiencing uh, losing their virginity, or falling in love for the first time, or spending the night with someone, and or going out on their first date, it meant so many things as a first experience too young girls teens growing into adulthood so i decided fine fine i'll cut that song um but i have my own reasons not to want to uh but it became a video strategically based on the story of who maya is was i didn't really have anything vulnerable at the time i came out of the box with all about me (laughs) very cocky and self-centered and Mm -hmm. moving on bye you know and then get a superstar was more of a pop deal and i can't remember what else at the time and we were actually juggling whether i should release a single that was on the live soundtrack that r kelly wrote at the time Mm -hmm. called why should i believe you and it was also something very similar to moving on so we strategically decided that maybe my first night was better. Plus Diane Warren, the amazing, iconic songwriter that she is, and ballads being pretty big at that time, and mm-hmm. being played on the radio at that time, which is no longer. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. But there will probably be a different look from what people were receiving from me at the time. And so it was it was a very vulnerable coming of age song, music video that showed a more softer, vulnerable side, expressive side that wasn't so empowering, but still empowering as far as just being real about an experience. Um, so that's what the psyche was in choosing that particular record, My First Night With You and it can mean many different things. And we cut a Spanish version to it, and I've mm-hmm. sung it at one of the fairs in California before. the song i didn't know that there was a dance mix you said it on the dance charts but
0: on the dance charts yeah i don't think i've
2: heard well- that before <laughs>
0: What i loved was with that i think that you also had more new listeners that were like oh who is this who is this because to your point strategically you were not only competing with your own songs from the album but all of those features that you were on and throw my on a feature and it's going to start going to yeah, number one yeah <laughs> yeah Yep. yeah the spanish version Jose from Mexico, he said, who came up with the idea to sing in Spanish? It is the most beautiful translation of a song ever.
2: Mi primera vez, I, believe. Um, I can't remember whose idea it was, but I was down. I took Spanish in high school and I knew how to read Spanish and pronounce everything. So I wanted to, I said, yes, absolutely. When I was asked to. Um, I did want to keep the integrity, obviously, and make sure that there was someone professional writing it so that it wasn't offensive in any type of way. And also a coach so that I was pronouncing things and it didn't sound unnatural. So I hope that it came across natural um, and not just as a project, you know. So mm-hmm. I was very particular about that. And I've only sung it live one time. Mm-hmm.
0: Maybe in the future, there might be something. Uh (laughs) (laughs) I love it. So go head over to iTunes, purchase that song, stream it, go to YouTube, listen to it, watch the video. These are ways of supporting your favorite Maya. And let me know what you think of the song. I may send that message along, but we're going to get back to our track by track of hashtag Maya 25. All right. So now as we come to the end of this, the Mm -hmm. question that I have for you is this album, your debut resonated with so many people. And separate of that is to see where your career is now. Do you, what are those words you would think of that would just kind of close up your, you as a 25-year-old veteran of the industry? What are some of those things you look back in? How do you close the chapter of, that album in that way you're still honoring it and everything but what are some of those things now looking back
2: well you you can hear the difference in that first cycle there were a lot of things that i wasn't okay with if you died i wouldn't cry because you never loved me anyway my first night with you we gonna make you dance we gonna make you dance was my choice i didn't want to sing two songs on that album all about me became the first single for a lot of reasons and i'm okay with everything because it's your first time out you have your own vision. Not everyone has their own vision, but you also have no understanding of all of the different departments and psyches, as well as strategies. And so you begin to observe the reasoning. And then you have to be sort of okay with your, the decision-making as a team, because there's strategy and people are experts sometimes in why they want to make the the decisions and so i have a better understanding of what a label consists of and the reasonings of releases and sometimes seasons sometimes timing are people indoors where are we releasing this is this regional is this Mm. domestic is this international you know can we do remixes to this song what is the best look what is the best financial return of investment on this what's more of a risk so there's so many different types of um psyches that I now know and I have to apply to my business when I'm releasing songs now as Maya but also as the label that I didn't understand on my very first album because I have this creative person <laughs> and I have my own ideas so you also fall in line because this is your first opportunity you have not established anything just yet and you're also an experiment to see if R&B can even work amongst Mm -hmm. Marilyn Nelson and Death Row. (laughs) Like, come on, (laughs) who is this girl saying this and that? Like, what does she want? Okay, whatever. You know, so there are a lot Mm -hmm. of things that I do know about myself, but I knew that anything that we did would work Mm -hmm. because of discipline, because of a great team, because of execution, because of budget. There are so many components, but at radio, it may have been different. Uh, visually, it may have resonated. Maybe it would not have at radio or charts. So who knows? I'm happy with everything that has transpired. But now it's just I'm a seasoned artist, always room to grow. But I was truly a student, like in kindergarten or preschool when I first started, to the whole aspect of, or many different aspects of the music business industry processes, uh, players on your team, and strategy. So I I love the growth. I love that I'm very, very soft in my approach, but also vocal in what I do want because I wasn't scared to speak up. But I also was very observant and also you know, a listener as to why so that I wouldn't take anything personal.
0: Maya, I want to thank you so much for being here today on the Original Della Iconography. For
2: sure. Thanks for having me. Take care.
0: If you're a fan of Maya, remember, subscribe because we have an episode coming up talking about Case of the X and Ryden with songwriter Tracy Hale. That's right. And if you have a favorite artist, songwriter, producer that you'd love to send a letter of love to, go to theoriginaldial.com, scroll down to the bottom, put that email in, put that little comment in the question, your favorite song and why. And if you're lucky, you might hear it on a future episode. My name is James Rodriguez. Thank you so much. And don't forget to subscribe. I'll see you on the flip side.